Everything discussed during the Level Up podcast with me, Dwayne Pierce, is based solely on my own personal experiences and those experiences of my guests. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. We recommend that you obtain your own professional advice in respect to the topics discussed during this podcast. It's my closest thing to being a celebrity right now. And I'm in your shed. Hello and welcome to Level Up with Dwayne Pierce. My dream is to improve the residential building industry for all involved. Throughout this podcast, we're going to be chatting to all types of industry experts to make sure that builders, tradies and clients all have a fantastic experience. All right, how are you guys? We are back here in the shed today uh, for another episode of Level Up. Uh, this one's a pretty good one. So, got a mate of mine, Aaron Wales. Been waiting for this one. So, Aaron and I have known each other for, she's probably been close to four or five years maybe now. Um, we've done a lot of work together. So, um, yeah, Aaron Wales, Green Coast Building Designs. Tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. <laughs> oh, thanks for, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a privilege. To be here, to be honest. So it's, um... Aaron and I, uh, this, this could go in lots of ways because Aaron and I pretty much speak a dozen times a day yeah, about we, uh, we do clients talk and different jobs and we've got a lot of work on together. But, um, mate, tell us, how did you get it into being a building designer? What, 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 do you, what do you like about it? What drove you there? Yeah, um, so my dad actually ran a small, a small design engineering practice up north. And so finishing up school, always knew I wanted to um, be involved with some form of planning. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, li- I liked probably the space planning aspect of it, you know, the problem solving. Sometimes it's yep. a little bit like a puzzle. You yeah. Know, you, got a, you got a lot of moving parts, a lot of fun to have. And um, there was always builders around. There's always other designers around. There's always something. And so I, I naturally grew to that. Yep. so to speak. My brother's an electrician, so he's involved in the industry as well. So do you, do you like puzzles? Do you do puzzles? I do can't you? say I'm the big puzzle man, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Don't do a, a odd puzzle to chill out? No, 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 not at all. Um, so, yeah, we're, yeah, we're living up north at that stage and um, got into the industry, Did a started doing a Bachelor of Building Design through Central Queensland University. So, and that we were up north, so we there was no real avenue to go into architecture at uni because yeah. there was physically wasn't a uni doing that. You see, yeah. so I got onto the idea of doing the 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 course via correspondence, as it was termed at the time. And the good thing about that was, is I got to work. Yeah. So, so where, to, where are you, where are you from? Where's this? Well, grew up here in Cleveland, um, originally. Then we moved up to Bundaberg. And in my high school years, I was in Bundaberg yep. and hence therefore the university years started there as well. Yeah. And so the good thing about that was um, I had all this equipment, didn't I? Because I had an office at my disposal. Yeah. Which I was very – I'm still very thankful for that. So um, back in the days when the internet used to be dialed up through your phone <laughs> and all of that, um, I had access to all this um, equipment through dad's office. So it was like, well, it's a no-brainer. Let's – Let's do it by correspondence. So worked through the day, studied at night, which was good. Probably needed to have been a little bit more 
a little bit more diligent with my study. <laughs> well, it'd be hard up there because you're, you're also into your fishing and diving. Yeah, so. we loved our diving. I was a lot younger and fitter back then, so enjoyed the diving. And uh, Bundaberg there's on the reef, obviously, the Southern Bunker Group, but you can do a lot of uh, spearing just offshore. You don't need a yeah. boat because obviously didn't have a boat as a young kid. But, um, yeah, so studied there and um, then made the big trip to Brisbane, uh, lived down here in Brisbane with my brother. Yeah. Started working with a small architectural practice and um, oh, I think the first 10 years of we, – we were involved in commercial. Yeah. So we didn't look at housing for – we did aged care facilities, um, uh, independent living units. We also did – I worked on hospitals. Um, so what, what's your um, – like you, just the work that we've done over the last few years and um – and seeing some of the work we've got coming up mm. over the next couple of years, like you're, you're very, very good at building design. So, what, like, what, Thanks, mate. what, what was your passion for residential? Like, what, what got you over in that direction? I think what, yeah. Well, I think anyone who's worked in commercial can know there's an incredible amount of pressure. Yeah. When you work in commercial, the days of staying up till midnight, two a.m. in the morning, working on um, development feasibilities and uh, trying to get a deadline out, you yeah. just get to a point and then, you know, the project doesn't go ahead. Yeah. And so you just kind of, I didn't really enjoy it as much. Uh, lifestyle was changing, but what got me over there was you, you enjoy actually seeing people connect with a home. It's a personal space. Yeah. And like we say today that people, we design a home around someone's lifestyle. Yeah. Well, mate, I've, yeah. I've def- like over the years, I've, done work for uh, lots of building designers, architects, draftsmen, all type mm. of people. Like, um, I think one thing that draws me to you and, and I, like, I think we work very well together, but just seeing, seeing how much effort you put into uh, figuring out how, how a family or a person mm. lives and operates. Yeah. And like, to, uh, like I, I definitely think um, all the work we do has made me a better builder, just seeing why things are done a certain mm. way, but uh, understanding that, we're actually building people's homes. Yeah. We're not, yeah. We're not just building a house. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's not a house. It's, and admittedly, clients, when you first ask them or you say to a client, look, we're going to design a home around your lifestyle. So we need to know how you live. So do you enjoy getting up and making coffee? Are you an early riser? Do you want to see the sun come up? Do you need to yeah. sleep in? Like, what's your hobbies, your pets, your lifestyle? What investment expectations have you got? Yeah. At times, a client can just look at you and go, hey, hang on. What, what yeah. you know, you're asking too many questions. Well, um, you could go and buy a display home. Yeah. Um, but they, they're not doing that. And the reason they're not doing that is because they want a custom design. So, yeah, look, I'm, and I've definitely learned from you, mate, that uh, uh, having a well designed home that suits you changes your life. Yeah. Like you, and it, I, I always, I've never been a fan of the prototype mm. homes. Like we, I built a lot of them, like shitloads of them when I was an apprentice and even when I started contracting. But um, they're, like the, the the one that you go and visit when you buy one of those homes, it might be in the right location, have mm. the right light and all those things, but then they go and plonk the same house on 5,000 yeah. other blocks of land. But um, like I really have an appreciation now for – like, and, and we've got a couple on at the moment, like one uh, – our waterfront one especially. Like mm. um, 
it's already feeling like a home and we haven't even finished there yet. Yeah. Like you just it's it's so welcoming. You like yeah. I don't want to leave. I go there to check <laughs> on the boys and check the trades and I, and I that, just... well that's an interesting one because that client we designed that and a lot of people may never appreciate this when they walk in, but that home was designed for two people. Yeah. And that's it. It wasn't designed for the market. Yeah. Um and well, I think, yeah. Do you think people go wrong there? Like, like, because it, it's definitely changed the way I look at things. And like, obviously, we've got you um, doing some work at the moment for our own house. Mm. Um, but just, it's one like I, I don't know. I've sort of come to this realization that a, a house and where you live really affects your life. Absolutely, it can, yeah. it can cause you to get depression. It can make you want to be out all the time because you don't feel comfortable. There's not enough natural light. Like, there's so many mm. things that come into play. And when you get it. When you get it right, like I said, the, a lot of the houses, or I would say every single one of the houses that um, we're building that you're mm. designing now, they are a home. Yeah. Like before we finish, they become a home. Yeah, and that's the focus. Like that's an interesting point you make. Like, okay, so how do we break that down? Um, you've essentially got a market that's driven by an expectation financially. Yeah. And that can become the focus in two ways. One, people want rock bottom price because they're so concerned that they won't make enough money so they want to screw everyone down they don't appreciate quality will drop they miss design yeah. cues etc cetera, etc cetera. but then you can get the other end of the spectrum where we throw money at a product and it's an absolute waste yeah, of money yeah, yeah yeah we're throwing money away um i think the important thing there is is that if you examine what you need then design it right and spend time doing that, you will yeah. actually stop boxing at shadows and what will come out on paper is a great product, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Then you can have fun expanding on that or taking away from it. Yeah. Um, the market, you only need two buyers to haggle over one property. Yeah. And in our current market, you apparently only need yeah. one. Well, yeah, it's so, pretty crazy. Yeah. But um, like even just the little things like, Again, I just never put any thought into it because it was like sitting in, like obviously doing our pack process and coming to all the design meetings and things. Like just something as simple as storage. Like I just mm. never yeah. thought about it. Like the way that you figure out what hobbies people have. Like and, mm. and you're like you're so right. Like if they might, if they have paddle boards or kayaks or things like. Mm. So so many people just get move into a house yeah. and they just end up with their garage full of shit and their cars are yeah. up out on the road and absolutely yeah like the fact that you go into all that detail mm. um again just changes the feel of the home like everything's got yeah. a place yeah well and it's important because once again if we don't know how they live what's going to happen is they're going to comment on the fact that oh this house doesn't suit us the question probably is going to be then, oh, who's the designer? <laughs> and so they're having a conversation around a barbecue about how disappointed they are. But um, I can't remember the exact home, but there was a home that oh, many moons ago, it was, it was the house of the year. It was a oh, – it'll come back to me at 1 a.m. in the morning now, but it was a round <laughs> house down south somewhere in one of the peninsulas. They couldn't furnish it. Yeah. It was so troublesome to furnish this particular design. It looked great, yeah. but you couldn't live in it. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, so that, why do we love residential? Uh, well, sometimes I don't think you and I love it. Oh. I don't think we love it at times. Oh, there's definitely challenges. There's challenges, but, yeah. but I think I think seeing what we've got um, client out at Grassdale Road now, they're wrapped. They love their, yeah. they love their home. And I think seeing people's satisfaction, it's hard work. They've got stuck into it. It's good to be involved in. Oh, man, I, I, I love yeah. it. Like I... Yeah. 
and the the older I get and the more I do it, the more I love it. And mm. I, I and I do think like my passion is definitely coming back and, and being driven more by having such a successful yeah. process. Like obviously you know the story. We had lots of trouble in our early mm. days, like like most builders, but um like now having the pack process and it, it's very successful working with yourself and mm. other guys, but um like I said, it, it's. I believe it's making me a better builder by yeah. being more involved in design because, like, I know for a fact in the in the past, like I look back now and think I I stuffed those houses up. Like mm. the designer or the architect would be out of the equation. We would start building. The client would want to move a window or a doorway mm. or a room or something. I'll just do it. Yeah, because yeah. I I didn't understand the story behind it or why it was done a certain way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that works two ways though. Like we're yeah. definitely better designers by working with builders better. Yeah. And being more collaborative and having a builder involved will help you. Like I heard one one course, one architectural course once say, we don't need to teach construction because if we teach construction, it will limit design. Yeah. Now, if you think about that comment for 30 seconds, if we can design things but we can't construct them, we haven't designed anything <laughs> because – to have a design, yeah. it needs to be constructed. Yeah. So it's a real shame that there's a lack of appreciation from in the design world for what the builder's doing, yeah. what they're challenged with. Like yeah. little aspects, if it's just something as basic as a polished concrete floor, how that floor is protected over the course of a build, why does that add so much money to the build? Yeah. It's not just the concrete, it's how we work around it, yeah. what's going to happen when the scaff drops on it and it chips you and it's right in the middle of your kitchen. Yeah, it's it's a whole it's, it's a whole process, mm, isn't it? And like, yeah, I, yeah like I, I'm just, I, it amazes me now. Like I see people doing it the old-fashioned way, and I mm. think back to how I was taught to do it, mm. and I just think it's so crazy. Like it just it's mm. a recipe for disaster every single time, and it sort of makes sense why the industry's got such a bad name. But um, like yeah, look as a um, I guess for people that don't know, and I, I still struggle with this a little bit. What is the difference between an architect and a building designer? Oh, that old question, that old chestnut. Okay, I'll try and explain it in the most simple way I can. You've got different forms of tertiary education post-grade 12. Yeah. Obviously, you can choose different degrees. There's obviously different universities that offer different degrees in architecture as well. Essentially, you go through a university degree to get a qualification then you go through, you write your thesis to be an architect um, and you register with the Institute of Architects, okay? Um, so you can't call yourself an architect unless you've done that, okay? So you've got obviously your university modules, etc., your practical experience, and then you've got to go before the board and register, okay? So the Architects Act, I forget what year it is, but the Architects Act essentially says in layman's terms or simple terms, you can't call yourself an architect unless you're registered as yeah. an architect. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the law and, and good on them. I think that's fair. I've got no qualms with that. Um, so you'll get someone who, say, has done an architectural degree but never registered. Yeah. So they've done an architectural degree and but they won't call themselves an architect, for example. Yeah. The government came along and said, well, let's open more university education sectors. Let's, you know, offer alternate courses, et cetera, for which benefited me greatly as well yeah. because I could do that. Yeah. So then you go and do a bachelor in building design. Um, you can also do a TAFE course to do um, building design as well as, uh, for a limited license, I believe it is. I'm not sure. Um, so, but you can't call yourself an architect 
Yeah. Okay, so I think in his, historical terms, the architectural degree, quite rightly, focused considerably more on design. Focusing more on design, design solutions, intricate detail. The design, the so-called building design backslash drafting role, design courses, whatever you want to call them, have probably come at it from an angle uh, of a more all-rounder yeah. qualification, if that makes sense. They- building design is definitely, even just from the time I've been in the industry, I, I think it's sort of, it's leveled up. Like there seems to be a lot more, like the, the quality of work produced by building designers is is almost getting yeah. up towards the level of architects. Yeah, I, that's an interesting comment. I, I think you're right. There's in The standard for building designers is definitely rising as they become the world essentially, the design world's getting smaller. You can publish yeah. designs. You can expose your uh, design flair on you know media platforms, et cetera, yeah. um, which is allowing a lot more people to have a lot more diversity. Um, in with respects to who they choose, I still believe, however, that your your leading architects in Australia and around the world, they're they're a, uh, they're a cut above the rest. Oh, they, the, they really yeah. are. Like yeah. they are a cut. I think of Glenn Merkett, um, someone who I read about a lot as an Australian architect, and then I think of Frank Lloyd Wright. You look at the the detail they've done, how they've changed spaces. Um, that to me is the pinnacle i think sadly the term architect has just been used too broadly like we get oh, a lot mate, of it that really annoys me like oh, you, you see yeah. like it's all thrown around these project home estates yeah. like architectural home by a volume builder like yeah. to me there is absolutely no way that a volume built product is an architectural product yeah and like i've worked with developers in the past who employed um incredibly talented architects and they yeah. did fantastic homes there's no question of that and they were large volume builds they would go through a development critique and sometimes they were ripped apart sadly but you see today that there's a lot of architects who can't design yeah well there's a lot of builds that can't build that's right (laughs) and so sadly you've got a lot of you've got this this disproportionate seesaw effect of well who do i choose as yeah and like i think um like a good friend of ours, like Amelia has touched on that quite well in that you can't choose a professional just based on a title. Yeah. Like we don't go along yeah. to a doctor and say, great, you're a doctor, you're right for me. Yeah. You generally go and get a second opinion. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah, look, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, def- I definitely see from what I've seen in my time in the industry that building designs, it's definitely, mm. it's risen and, it has. I think. I think. To be fair, I think they've got a long way to go. Personally, yeah. um, I still feel there's there's some huge, as you know, there's some huge gaps in our industry. The whole industry's got a long way to go. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And there's 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 it's like a piece of cheese with holes cut through it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it is. That's a good. That's a good way of putting it. It is literally. You just go like, what am I trying to dodge today? Yeah. Um, so and I, yeah, sadly that you could debate that for hours and talk about that for hours. But 
So what? So how how have you like? So where where did you go from there? Like you you did your studies, you worked in your dad's office, you you obviously um, got qualified, and so did you, did you go and work or you touched on you went and worked for other companies? Like when did you get to a point that you're like I want to have a crack at this myself? Yeah, well I so yeah left Bundaberg, came down to Brisbane, started working commercial, kept working commercial. Um, then went overseas, worked in commercial again. We're working in the, the UAE and in London. Um, came back, started again, and then realised with a small family, you know, young family, just thought, you know, I, I felt like I'd get more job satisfaction. So I think, oh, that was about 15 years ago yeah. that I can remember now that we said, no, nah, <laughs> enough's enough. We want to start to – I just wanted to – I had enough drive to want to do it. And put your stamp on. Yeah, I just I wanted to yep. do it. I wanted to challenge myself, and so just started doing it basically. So, what's for young people out there now that are, might be thinking about getting into design or architecture and stuff? Like, what what's some tips you'd give them? <laughs> what's some tips I could give them? Okay, um, hey guys, just a quick breather. I bang on about Live Life Build all the time in this podcast because I'm incredibly proud of what Amelia and I have created. You see, Live Life Build is a group of like-minded builders that are all striving to achieve successful, sustainable, and profitable building businesses. And we do this in ways that no one else in our industry, no other mentors, coaches, industry bodies are doing. And the reason we're able to do this is because we focus on so many areas of not just your business, but your life. Because Live Life Build has grown substantially and we have a huge group of builders now, we've been able to bring other experts into the business and we now cover everything from mindset, leadership, culture, breathwork and exercise, mental health and well-being, all your taxes, knowing your numbers and your overheads so that you can be profitable and so much more. We do multiple Zoom calls a month. We have an online course portal. We have a systems library worth over half a million dollars. We have everything you need to be able to have not just the business you want to have, but the lifestyle and the freedom that you deserve from running a building business. And one thing that we get feedback from everybody about is we are down to earth. We are real people in the trenches doing the things that you know you want to be able to do yourself. So guys, check out Live Life Build now. Go to our website, check us out on our socials and join an incredible community of like-minded builders that are all striving to achieve the same things as you are. Because it's, it's, it's a hard game. And I, I, it's I, a tough game. I think game. these days it's like young people out there sitting on the fence not knowing what they want to do. Like I, I, I love design. Like I, I love building, but mm. like I think, it's, I think it would be a pretty rewarding career to see something that you've put on paper follow through and become someone's dream yeah and it is it it certainly is like what would i do differently i or what how would i what advice would i give i think there's no actual one course that combines practical on-site construction with design ideally if you could do a bachelor of say building design you could design commercial retail residential buildings whatever yeah and if you could combine that with doing a trade-based carpentry apprenticeship, right? Yeah. Now you think, okay, how would you make that work? Like that's pretty crazy. But yeah. realistically, it's not. Yeah. Because during the day you would work, you'd get paid. You'd learn on-site skills, practical skills. Yeah. At night, you might do one. You might do two modules a term. Yeah. Right. That might be. So yeah, you take longer to do the course. That's okay. Yeah. 
We're not in a rush. What would that get you at the end? It would get you a qualified, you'd have the opportunity to be a builder, but you'd also have the design background. You'd understand materials, how they materials, get used, all that textures. type of thing. Yeah. And like I remember our materials subject, we, we had this, and I can remember sitting there learning about lead and, and um, corrosion and metals and um, minerals. And I can remember sitting there thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I learning this? But you don't appreciate it as a young student until yep. you see the guys working with it on site, yep. you see. Um, so the tip I would give people getting into design, try and include yourself in some form of practical uh, practical experience. Just try and learn, even if you go and volunteer your time, yep. when you've got the opportunity, try and get on a site and start to learn get how to put out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for every builder or tradie who's turned around and said to me hey you guys need to come out here and learn how we work my general response <laughs> back yeah my general response back yeah. to them is absolutely i'll come to yeah. a full day tomorrow you come yeah. into the office yeah and yeah. we'll start and i'm going to give you a blank sheet of paper yeah and one pencil well, and see what you come up with that's what i was saying before like i I, like obviously we work through a process mm. and like it's definitely made me a better builder like mm. knowing more about what you do and and not just yourself like liaising with you and the engineer and yeah. and figuring out why things are done a certain way and like it, it just it helps us it doesn't just help me it helps me um go back to site and talk through situations yeah. with my boys and and make sure that we get what you're expecting mm. um in the finished and, product and we do the same thing because we We've got to know your crew and it's great when the builder calls you back. Like yeah. you've said in the past, like sometimes you'd get delivered a set of documents, you'd win the tender, you'd meet the client, you'd be starting in a week. Those days are gone. Yeah. Like you want the feedback, you want well, that's, the that's, dialogue. Sadly, it's that's still how a lot of people work. Like yeah, a lot true. of people, Go on a lot for us. of <laughs> architects, designers put... Mm plans out for tendering all the client i think a lot of it is actually more client-led but they do they just get to a point they put the drawings out for tender and then yeah. like we were in those situations where um like people probably think it's funny but the amount of jobs that we did where we would spend six 12 months working like having some phone calls pricing working with uh, a designer or an architect and i'd never meet the client once like the mm. day i'd meet the client was the day i was signing the building contract yeah and uh those jobs always they didn't and in disaster, but they're always very, very difficult. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think uh, designers, architects, builders will collaborating, working together in a team is the only way to get a successful outcome, yeah. especially for people's budgets. Like when the, when budgets yeah. aren't discussed regularly, like mm. obviously um, I think sometimes you and I are probably focus on the budget a little bit too much. But, yeah, uh, I, I think, yeah, do we discuss it too much? I'm, Perhaps, perhaps we do, maybe we don't. I, I, I think the industry has created, the consumer ultimately has created a problem with budgets. Mm. It's not that a lot of people blame the builder or the designer um, and that is true. There's one-off cases, that's fine. There's always going to be those one-off individual cases where someone's done the wrong thing. But at the end of the day, consumers, all of us want our property values to go up. Yeah. We all want to pay rock bottom for the best quality. But it's building, building's very, um, it's very different. Like I, I, 
I'm definitely a firm believer that there's you can't compare building to anything else. Like building, mm. like tr- someone trying to get us to focus on budget. Like when they when they in the early days when they first come to us, and this mm. is where you and I put a lot of time in to make sure we guide our clients. But um, like a client coming to us in Philly and Design Brief is like putting a shopping trolley full of groceries in front of us and telling us tell us tell us how much that shop, shopping trolley like you could have three yeah. shopping trolleys yeah all level at the top but the price could vary dramatically depending yeah. on what's in that trolley like a house is no different like absolutely yeah what goes into that house could make a house vary by hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah and i guess i think that's probably the message we need to help people understand is that it's just as frustrating for the builder and for the designer when the cost is what it is. Like we would love nothing more for the costings process of a project and the design to be minute. <laughs> well, to if, be very, to be, it, it'll never be a precise like process because yeah. it varies so much. Correct. Right. But wouldn't it be nice if we could just sail through it and it never caused stress, but it doesn't, Yeah. it doesn't happen. So, so you, I, like, yeah. I like what you do. Like you, uh, one thing you have taught me to, um, because I used to get really focused on it, but it's not over budget until we sign a contract. That's right. And so yeah. many, and like I've learned, that works so well now because yeah. it's um, like even with the process you and I do and working, it works so well. Like people always want to push the boundaries yep. and want to see what they can have and what they can't have. And yep. the first round of costings is generally always, like I think in 12 years, we've only probably had half a dozen jobs. It's been, yep, tick the box, way yeah, you go, yeah, build a job. Right. But yeah. Um, there's always revisions and mm. through those revisions, nine times out of 10, they end up with a better product because like, through Absolutely. those revisions, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're nailing down finishes, you're nailing down selections, yeah. you're, you're modifying and making sure we get the best design. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, um, it's helping, yeah, people, are, we've, we all have to learn to accept what we ch- are choosing not to invest in too. Yeah, like yeah well, we, you've definitely taught me that. Like, yeah, I've, if we want to expend X amount of dollars, the client, the designer, and the builder all have to accept that not everything can fit within that five hundred thousand dollar bucket. Yeah, and something they so might that's... think they want to is a priority mm. when they actually know the cost of it might make something else a priority. So Absolutely. It, it changes, and yep. and that's why, like, I think that that uh, saying you you do now, where it's not over budget to you sign the contract, is mm. is such a good one because it. As you know, like it's generally taking us between two and four revisions of pricing yep. before we go to contract. Mm. But through those pricings, like mm. you're modifying the design, the client's um, making selections, yep. and we end up with a great product. That's right, and that's yeah, it, it's a an effective way to make sure we can demonstrate to our clients that we've done everything we can for their money to get them the best result. Yeah, and then educated them as to what costs are associated with certain elements. Um, yeah. I think the worst one is though is then we spend another two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand after <laughs> we've signed the contract, yeah. and we say to the client, "We could have done a completely different design yeah. if we were going to spend that money in the original scope." But yeah. no, knowing yeah. what I know now from you, like what I've learned, um, it must like it would be very frustrating. Like mm-hmm. why? And again, it's something that I wasn't conscious of, but um, your design would be different. Like if a client sells up a budget of 500000 we aim to design a $500,000 house. That's right. But if they haven't, if they've kept one or 200 up their sleeve because they've heard all these horror stories that 
budget's going to blow out and they're going to need this contingency, you would have designed a different product. That's right, exactly. (laughs) And they'd um, probably be a lot happier with it. Yeah, well, and I – and you were saying this for a long time, but I just I wasn't it wasn't registering what mm. you meant. But it, it would it could be a completely different layout. It could be a from a single story to a two story. Like it, it, when you if um, so, do you think it's like we've tr- we uh, we do try this? But do you think client like to me budget is the most important thing. Like to start a process to have a to have something to aim for. Like it, it will, it will change and vary throughout the process. Mm. But there has to be a bit of a, a starting point for everyone to be heading towards. Do you think clients should be a bit more open and forthcoming with uh, a budget, or do you? Like what's that's a hard question. Like I, I respect the fact that clients are hesitant to because, as you alluded to, the horror stories. Okay, but if a client has the opportunity to you know, interview their designer, interview their builder, get to know them, go and look at past products, check out what's been designed, how they communicate and actually get to know them. They shouldn't feel hesitant then in saying, hey guys, I want to invest X amount of dollars. So we we say you've got two options, right? Basically, Um, you can tell us that your budget's X amount and we can tell you what you can achieve for that amount of money yeah or alternatively we can design a product that meets exactly your brief right and educate you on how much your brief costs yeah right and once and often a client will say no you just educate me on what i want and what it costs at that point we obviously say if you were to spend this quality of finish it's approximately nine hundred thousand dollars or four hundred or one point eight million then we ask the client, are you prepared to take that amount of money out of the bank? Yeah. And if they are, well, then we just go to work designing the brief. Yeah. So there's, yep. there's, there's more than one way to, to, to approach it. I, I don't know if budget's the most important thing. Yeah, Because probably, it's, yeah. it's like for, to me, design is, yep. okay? Because you can have the budget that's right, you can build it right, but if the design's wrong. Yeah, true. It's true. not. Okay, so, so that's sort of, it's a mixture. It's of, a mixture, of yeah, an amalgamation things. of those things. But you've got yeah. to have clients, designers, and builders have got to be prepared to have a couple of rounds and and go through it. <laughs> not you, not rounds, not but. rounds, not rounds in that sense. But <laughs> some, got sometimes to, some people probably get in those situations. They get so themselves. Just well, I've heard of horror stories yeah. recently yeah, in the papers. But look, I think yeah, your budget's important, but you can't price something till we've designed it. Yeah. Now, with an industry that is challenging pricing daily, we can't get quotes on things until they're fully documented. Yeah. So now we find the consumer, the designer, the builder, all in this merry-go-round of how do we approach budget. Yeah, it's just getting harder and harder, isn't it? It, it is. So we've basically got to get to – we answer those questions on budget purely on money. You take design away from it yeah. and just ask, what would you like to spend? Yeah. A million dollars will get you this. Are you comfortable? Yeah. Are we talking 1.2 to 1.5 or are we saying that we're, we're maxing out at 500,000 because that's what we want to invest? That's fine. Yeah. And then work. And through, then, through and then go. So don't be afraid to talk about money is the, is essentially yeah. the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah. and I think that's, um, I think so many people are because that's all you hear is the horror stories. <laughs> and 
I think they um, like a lot of people get nervous that they they feel if they let the budget out of the out of the hat, then yeah. the job's just going to be made to suit that. But it's, and yeah, and they do though too because if they've gone through a, a sales process of a house, they've probably been upsold everything along the way. Yeah, and their original. Yeah. 550 is now 950 yeah and or that's an extreme example yeah. but we get the point so yeah. those those situations happen so mate just just quickly before we move on to a little bit more about you like what what tips would you give clients that uh are possibly sitting on the fence thinking about building or renovating like what would you uh because for me uh your design briefs a big thing for me like i don't, I don't yeah. see a lot of that getting done like and i think that plays a huge role in the final product. Yeah, the tip, if you're sitting on the fence and you don't know what where to start, start with you, your lifestyle, and then educate yourself on what and how, how you would like to live. And then you, you form your design brief around that. Yeah. Okay, so you establish your design brief, your objective. Um, a lot of people probably get nervous by the term brief. Like yep. what is a brief? Yeah. But it's essentially your objective, what you're seeking to achieve, your goals, your outcomes. Yeah. Put that into a bundle of information. Use a scrapbook. Yeah. Like literally keep it simple. Use a scrapbook. Whack it together and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I've watched you and I've watched others and now I'd like to use you as a professional to do my design or my yep. build and then trust that professional. Yeah, well, I'm glad you finished. I'm glad you touched on that because that is a massive thing for me now. Like, and and I've learnt this lesson because um, when clients we, don't trust us, <laughs> they 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 don't believe us. Well, as as you know, we've done a we've done a, quite a few projects for ourselves now. We've done a couple with you, and uh, you're currently working on our own house, and um, it's it's definitely been hard for me to sit back as a builder, but <laughs> like it, it is. Like you've just blown us away with what you've done for our place mm. and um, you've definitely done things that we would never have or we, we're still um, like we're very iffy with when you first uh, we first saw it but then at, like you talked us through the journey of why you did what you did mm. and it, it's just, mate, we're stoked. Like when we come home from your office after that last meeting, like, mate, we're on fire. Like and <laughs> as, you, as you know, like we've already... We're not even ready to start renovating, and I've already had a couple of boys pulling shit apart because we just want to get it going. But you've you've really like my my advice for anyone that's thinking about uh, building a new home or renovating is that you have to trust your designer. Yeah. Like obviously, like designers would be no different to builders. There'd be a lot of cowboys out there, I'm mm. sure. But um, doing your homework, finding mm. a designer that gels with you, because um, for me. I think one of the reasons we work uh, well together, like it's, it's you've got to have similar personalities and even interests. Mm. Like for yep. me, I find our best clients are clients that have similar interests to me, like it's camping, full driving, getting yeah. out my family. Um, and the reason but, for that is those because we we identify quicker with their lifestyle. Yeah. So we relate quicker, therefore we communicate quicker. Yeah. You see, whereas if yep. someone's um, say the polar opposite. <laughs> to us yeah. which yeah. is fine that's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that yeah. i think the obligation on you and i is that we've got to take a little bit more time to learn why they would like to do something in yeah. that particular manner we've got yeah. a wonderful client at the moment um who for example does not want a casual room 
or a breakout space on the upper floor. Yeah. Now, as we delve into their life more and we understand how they live, it's all starting to make sense. This is yep. their life and they live differently, not wrongly, yep. Yep. but they, they've got a very clear vision of how they want to live. And once we connected with that, yeah, they, they fell and in love with the design straight away. But it's, but it's people trusting you, isn't it? Like it's people yeah. trusting you to listen to them, take all that information in and mm. then put it on paper in a way that suits them. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, we've, we've seen it multiple times and I've definitely uh, done it myself like <laughs> you because I guess like one thing you're definitely very good at, I think is um, like at those first meetings is taking people through that journey, like wh- mm. explaining why you've done what you've done. I, I think mm. there'd be a lot of designers out there that would just draw plans send them off or have a meeting this yeah. is what i've done and uh the client might have lots of questions about it but they don't get explained what's ended up the way it no. has like i think trust yeah. trusting your designer is, is a big thing but then mm. designers also have to take them on the journey don't they absolutely yeah the designer's got to do that and oh there's there's got to be a bit of there's got to be a bit of uh, common sense uh common sense humility there too yeah like You'll get some architects, designers there. You've got to ask, who are you designing for? Yeah. The client? Yeah, true. Or for your portfolio? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. um, So it's that seesaw effect of of trying to get the balance of a team that works for you, some people who communicate. And I I really get annoyed with hearing people say, you've got to communicate better. You can have someone who's not good at what they do and they communicate really well. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make the outcome better. Yeah. There's still got to be responsibility. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, there has got to be, be both, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. 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 To turn around from a designer's point of view or a client's point of view and say, oh, we're not getting this communication. Well, no, you're just not enjoying hearing what is reality. Yeah. And the reality of the situation is that that particular site or that brief or that house the budget or budget does yep. not work. Yeah. So that's that communication is quite clear. Yeah. It's just not sometimes what we want to hear. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, whether it's building designer or builder, the problem with our industry is that the longer that people like that shop around, they will mm-hmm. find someone that Absolutely, isn't running a yeah. good business, that doesn't understand that the business side of being a builder or being a designer and they'll do it for what the client tells them they can do it for and and look we all know the stories like and 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 back in the early days i was i I got myself into a few of those positions but um i think we all but i think that's the difference i think we all did like the best buildings are all the worst buildings, I should say, are sometimes covered with landscaping, right? And we know <laughs> we know how builders at times will cover their mistakes. We find them yeah. when we renovate the houses. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone's learning. It's an industry that's getting bigger. It's over-regulated and under-regulated. The key to doing a good job is self-education. Oh, definitely. You, you've yeah. got to be out there being responsible to educate. Yeah, probably the biggest lesson I've learned too, which you've you've helped me with. You can't do it all yourself. Yeah, the uh, the whole idea of a one man band is just <laughs> it's just comical. You just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. It's not you 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 tr- you're treading on ice. But it all comes yeah. back to the old thing. Like every like everyone thinks they can't afford it. The business can't afford yeah. it. But it's 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 having that understanding that 
you can afford it. You mm. just need to charge what it takes to cover that. That's right. But um, yeah. so, mate, that's. I think that's we've covered some awesome stuff there. It's going to give people a lot of value. But um, mate, I want to know more about you. Like, so, what are, what are you? Uh, Pretty boring, to be honest. What are you? I know, I know you're. Um, like you and I got a, quite a few common interests. I, I know you're very. Uh, you love your family, man. You yep. love um, getting out with your family, but uh, you do a bit of fishing and diving stuff, don't you? Well. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to do diving um, in recent years unsuccessfully. Um, did a lot more when I was younger. Um, now, common interests about us. Well, look, yeah, I would suggest we like keeping to ourselves. We're yeah. you know we're family orientated. We yeah. um, got three kids, two beautiful girls, and an, an awesome young boy. Um, and yeah, camping. I love touring. Yep. I love getting out and seeing Australia. I think we live in the best country in the world. And um, I what, think, what's your favourite spot where you've been? Oh well, I've been from so far from well since I was a kid from Tassie through to Cape York. Um, I couldn't for different reasons. I, I'd say being on remote beaches up the Cape would be some of the the best memories. Yeah. Um, but for different reasons, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you've got Carnarvon Gorge out there, which is amazing. Um, yeah, we've got Fraser and then we go out on the reef. I think recently being out at Northwest on some of the glassiest, most beautiful weather yeah. and seeing those coral trout and, the, yeah. and, and whatever else we're catching at the time coming up, that's just... Salt water, salt water and sand's good for the yeah, soul, isn't it? Like, it is absolutely beautiful. And getting out there and doing that's just... It's, it just clears your head. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I did a lot of fishing back in my younger days and I, I caught some really good fish. But for me now, it's, it's probably a bit of an excuse. I don't catch a lot of fish, but I, I just love being on the water. I think oh, I don't, <laughs> I've actually said that to some of my mates as well, that for me, sometimes it's more important to be out here than yep. what comes over the boat. Yeah. Because yeah, 100%. you get that sense of freedom. Like when you're yep. driving up the beach, you start you straight away. You, you air down the tires and you're yeah. right. It can rain. I don't care. <laughs> it can rain. Yeah. I'm driving along. We're having fun. We'll just we'll go from here. Yeah, mate. For me, it's sand yeah. or dirt. Like yeah. If your tires are on sand or dirt, or you're on the water, it just everything's gone. Yeah. You, you're clear. You can think about things. You can enjoy quality time with the family or friends or whatever it is. But um, so like on the water, what what's your uh, like what's your best catch, mate? Oh, Come on. I couldn't. I, honestly, I actually don't think I've caught a lot of fish, to be honest. Um, I think the best catch I've got would be some of the big barra from up north. Yeah. Um, light gear, small boats, up creeks. Yeah. That's that's really enjoyable. I I pulled up a cracker of a trout um, just off uh bolt reef i think it was and um out of seventeen seventeen. Yeah, yeah yeah just recently and it it was a hua until the nice big bull shark <laughs> took the other half of it so the head the the cheeks and the head actually it actually fed three blokes for dinner yeah, right. um, so it was a nice hua but um i can't really remember i to be honest i i'm just happy to be out there yeah mate, in, in all honesty that's that's the caught some fun fish and um so the the family get out the family yeah, like definitely. It on the, water? the kids as you know when they're young going out that wide 
and staying overnight in a boat's not the most comfortable. Yeah. We've only got a small boat. So yeah. when you're out on a boat for three days, um, but they love it. They do love it. We go out as a family, absolutely. More for a bit of recreational, you know, yeah. time. Yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. Well, um, look, really appreciate your time. It's uh, We've covered some pretty hot topics, I think. So, uh, mate, really value, um, I guess, all the collaboration we do and, and the work we do together. And like I said, um, it's definitely made me a better builder. Mm. So um, thanks very much for coming on and giving people a bit of an insight into how we work and what we do. And hopefully um, a lot of people have got a lot of valuable information. So thanks, cheers, mate. mate. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, if you're missing going fishing on your weekend, spending time with your family and friends, or just feel like you can't get the time to do your quoting and estimating, you need to check out Quotees. You see, my wife and I created Quotees because we know how important it is to provide detailed proposals to your clients, but we also know how time consuming, frustrating, and nine times out of 10, it can be the last thing that you wanna be doing in your business. Quotees makes it absolutely simple, easy for anybody to be able to provide very detailed quotes and proposals, do color-coded takeoffs, provide your clients with quality information so that you can win more projects. If you're a builder or you run a trades-based business, you cannot afford to take advantage of Quotees' free trial. So head over to Quotees.com now and check out our website or go to our socials and sign up to our free trial so you can get back to doing the things that you enjoy doing.